Hi, welcome to Dispatches from the Suburban Zoo. We are a group of five women who originally met as part of a book club and decided to podcast to channel our creative energy. Collectively, we are moms to seven boys and five girls from preschooler to teenager. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm a docent and stay-at-home mom to two kids. I cook what I grow and spend time in my home pottery studio. I'm Shana. I'm an engineer with three sons, two cats, a mom with dementia, and often a foster child, all living in my three-bedroom home. I'm Jocelyn, a former English teacher, a foster parent, and current stay-at-home mom. Now that my kids are tweens, I'm trying to figure out what comes next for me. I'm Mary, recovering lawyer, aspiring writer, and obsessive furniture rearranger. And this is when our fifth co-host, Melody, would typically introduce herself. But Melody is taking a break from podcasting right now as she devotes more time to the daunting task of moving houses. We hope that Melody rejoins us soon. Okay, ladies, this week we are talking about our go-tos. These are those tried and true things that we just keep coming back to over and over again. While we all need novelty in our lives, sometimes, and especially when life gets busy, you just need a playbook to follow so that you can cross something off your list and then move on. So the go-tos that we are sharing today are our formulas to reduce the dreaded decision fatigue for us. There are things that we know will work and have gone well for us in the past and require no new decision-making in the moment. So these are what I like to think of as the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches of life, unless you have a nut allergy, uh, <laughs> in which case I think they're sun butter and jelly sandwiches, uh, because they're good. You know how to make them happen. And there's a certain amount of comfort that you get in knowing that no matter what else happens, you can always just smear some peanut butter on bread and people won't go hungry. So we are here today to share our favorite go-to ideas with you all. Hopefully we'll all get some new good ideas to put into our arsenal. Let's start things off with gifts. Specifically, let's talk baby gifts. And I think this is a really great place to think of having a go-to because your coworker isn't going to know that he got the same baby gift as say your neighbor. Um, And I think a go-to gift just really makes sense here. So I don't have a go-to gift, but I have a really good friend who always sends a pair of bloomers for a girl baby or a bib for a boy baby after the birth, not for a baby shower, um, with the monogram of the baby on either the butt or the bib. It's easy and it's repeatable within a family. So I think that's a great go-to, even though it's not mine. And it's cute. I mean, everyone uses the bloomers and the bib. It's cute. Right. And it's small. It's not like a crib, right? It's, it's a, <laughs> sort of a small gift that shows she thought about it, but the secret is she didn't have to think about it too hard because it's a go-to. Shana, <laughs> do you have a go-to that you like to give? I absolutely do. So our family are big readers and I always give her babies two books. One is sometimes I like to curl up in a ball and then I just choose whatever Sandra Boynton book I want at the time. Um, If they have an older sibling and they're younger in the sort of toddler age, we always give the older sibling the Richard Scarry's cars and trucks and things that go book. And that's one of our favorites. We still love it. One thing I do is I buy them in bulk. So for example, Target had cars and trucks and things that go on sale recently. And I bought 10 copies and they just sit up. Yeah. They just sit up in my closet. Awesome. Jess, what about you? So my go-to baby gift is a personalized wooden step stool with the kid's name sort of in it. So they're 
they can take it out and use it like puzzle pieces. And every kid loves to see their name on things. And it's a great way to teach a kid how to spell. And also, if you are looking for it, you want to make sure to search for personalized as opposed to just a regular step stool. Jocelyn, what about you? Like Shana, I try to pick some favorite books that our family loved. And I try to pick ones that aren't the most common ones because everybody's going to get five copies of Goodnight Moon at their baby shower. (laughs) So my go-tos are Everywhere Babies and Nuffle Bunny. No, there's three of them. Mm -hmm. You should get the trilogy. We own the trilogy. And yeah, depending on how much I want to spend on the gift, if I want to spend a little bit more, I might add on more. Um, One of the things I love about Everywhere Babies is it's a fun book to read, but there's a lot going on in pictures and babies and toddlers love looking at it. And I also love that it represents diverse families. Like there's two mom families and two dad families and different races and ethnicities. And so you just see a lot going on in those pictures. I don't know that book. I guess I better have a baby. Just (laughs) (laughs) All right. Weddings. Weddings stress me out in the gift department because I always feel like it has to be so meaningful and personalized. And then I spend like weeks scouring the internet and then end up on the registry. So Jess, what are your thoughts? I am surprised you feel that way because I always give a check. I always give an envelope with a check in it and that's it. I never think about it. And if they have a shower, that's when I give a gift. And I also don't think about that. I just pick from their registry and I'm done. Easy. Okay. Shana. Uh, So I do usually buy off of the registry, but I will pick something uh, that I think that they're going to use often and uh, maybe a casserole dish or salad bowl. But then I always put a note inside it so that they'll open it up after the wedding that says, Hey, fill this with food and come to my house. So I'm basically saying, bring, bring some food to my house and we'll hang out. And I would say it works. I have an 85% chance of return on that. So that's pretty high. I typically look on the registry and if they have silverware on the registry, I get that. And depending on how much I want to spend and how much the place settings cost, I just get however many place settings of silverware fit my price point. I like that you have the one thing. You're like, I always get silverware. You don't even have to think about it. Just look down the registry, silverware, check. Do you have a panic moment if all the silverware has been purchased? (laughs) If all the silverware has been purchased or if they don't have it on there, I'll look for something else at, you know, whatever my appropriate price point is. And like you, I try to look for something that I think they're going to use regularly. My mom for wedding has a go-to gift that she gives every new couple that's getting married now. And it's this very distinctive bowl that is like red and looks a little bit like coral. It's made by the company Mm. Alessi, the Italian designer. And that's just like what she gives everyone, which I think is a bold move because you don't know (laughs) what people's decor is. I mean, I have one and I love it. And I think it's been really well, well received by the people that she's given it to. And I love that she does that. Okay. I just Googled Alessi coral bowl. That's beautiful. Yes, it is. I like it. Good job. Mary's mom. Yeah. Good job. Her, although to take some credit, I believe I registered for it for my wedding. And then she liked it so much. She was like, I will be gifting that to every future (laughs) bride and groom from now on. Okay. Here is my least favorite thing to do. Run to target, 
20 minutes before a birthday party starts in order to buy some junk that I throw in a bag that I also <laughs> bought at Target uh, to hand off to the recipient 20 minutes later. So what I do is I went to this local bookstore that we love near our house and I bought a whole stack of gift cards and I just take a gift card and I stick it in a happy birthday card that I let my kid sign. And that's what we do for kids' birthday parties, unless there's some very specific thing that my child is like dying to give the kid. But that has worked really well for me for birthday parties. And you're supporting that's local. Really nice. That's really nice. Yeah. I, I really good love that both you and Shana have said that you buy multiple copies of things because I don't know why I've never thought about that because I do have a local bookstore that I frequently get gift cards for. And there's no reason that I couldn't have 10 of them just sitting in my drawer already. As long as they don't expire, you're good to go. Okay. Shana is one of my favorite people to have come over to my house because and just of- leave it as one of my favorite uh- people. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Period. To come to my house and of all time <laughs> because of her well thought out hostess gifts, Shana. Uh, so I don't know if it's a hostess gift necessarily, it, but I do. It, anytime I go to someone's house, I do like to generally bring some food or a snack or some small little treat. Uh, but I think what gives it a little something extra is that I also love bringing my own serving dishes. I love that it is just an all in one piece. I can bring the food and the serving dish. The hostess doesn't have to be like, Oh, where's a bowl or what cute thing can I put this in? I'm like, it's already cute. And it's right here and it's ready to go. And sometimes I'll bring little plates too. So it's not just the serving dish, but like a little tiny plate to put with it. And that just brings me a lot of pleasure. I am sort of addicted to serving dishes. So if I can share that with other people, and even if they're not at my house, that I don't know. It just really makes, I get a lot of joy out of that. I love that you do that. And like you said, the tiny serving plates, cause like sometimes you'll bring like a small bag of something like, let's say chocolate covered pretzels. It's not like it's anything fancy, but it's in a cute dish. Makes you want to eat it. It's in a cute dish. Let's move on to super quick family dinners. So I always have a can of black beans, a bag of tortillas, typically in the freezer and a bag of Mexican cheese in my house. And I just like layer them and microwave them. And sometimes I literally just like hand my kids a cutting board and I'm like, this is the food <laughs> for, for tonight. It's so easy. It's brainless and they will all eat it. If we have avocado and sour cream, I'll add that too. But at least I can just say I've provided a meal. Shayna, do you have a yes, similarly I- easy meal? I I do, but I wanted to comment on yours and just in general, most people's super quick dinner for the family is also something that the kids love. It's generally something that like moms feel bad about because it's so easy, (laughs) but kids always love it. So I feel like we should remove the guilt from the super easy, quick dinners. Mine is, I always have a bag of Trader Joe's, their dry ravioli and some raw vegetables. I'm just like, well, we're good to go. Our kids don't even like sauce because they're weird. So I just do it even without sauce. And then Art and I aren't much for eating uh, so many carbs. So we, the, I always have a bag of Trader Joe's or sometimes Target's Foster Farm, the frozen orange chicken, and we just put it over baby spinach and I, we're good to go. And that's a easy meal. I don't have to think about it. Everybody loves it. Everybody eats it. What about you, Jocelyn? Do you have one? Your family eats a lot more than my family does. We all love spaghetti carbonara and perhaps unpopular opinion, but all five of us firmly believe you have to add frozen peas. Okay. So 
<laughs> we add frozen peas to any sort of like cheesy pasta, like Annie's mac and cheese, throw in some frozen peas, spaghetti carbonara, whatever. It's so good. And the other thing is you can throw them in, in the last like two minutes of the pasta boiling, just pour it into the same water. It's so easy. All right, Jess, it's 6 15 PM and your people are hangry. What do that you do? That was tonight <laughs> as my family was really busy tonight. And I just said, okay, we're eating turkey sandwiches. Easy, done. Yeah. Perfect. And then otherwise I will always have a frozen pizza in the freezer that I can just stick in 15 minutes later, cooked and done. My favorite is the Vicolo brand. It's made in San Francisco and it has a cornmeal crust. So I don't feel as guilty. All right. Next category is a make ahead dinner to bring to a friend who is maybe sick or had a baby or having a hard time. So who has a go-to that I can use for this? My favorite is the chicken tortilla soup recipe on the pioneer woman website. It's easy. If they already have a meal like that's extra, they can stick this in the freezer and eat it later. No big deal. And I will usually serve it with a pan of Trader Joe's cornbread from a mix. Also delicious. So your cornbread, I mean, are you giving it in a a dish that you want back? Are you putting it in a reused pie pan? How are you do the cornbread or do you cut it up and then put it in a Ziploc? You could do a couple of different things. If you don't have like a foil pan that you can cook it in and give them and have it be disposable. I have successfully popped it out of the baking dish, wrapped it in foil and just given it to them that way. That works. And the, the chicken tortilla soup, I will try to give it in like one of those Ziploc or Gladlock containers. Is that what they're called? The ones that you like the take and toss yeah. ones. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Those. Yeah. That sounds delicious. And I encourage you to bring that to my home. At any, <laughs> I at will any absolutely time. do that. No, I am not sick and I don't have a new baby. I, well. <laughs> Jocelyn, you also have a genius formula for your Costco runs. Tell us about Okay. That. On the day that I go to Costco, that's a longer shopping trip just because I have to drive farther. I'm getting more stuff. It takes longer. There's traffic, all that. So dinner that night is a Costco rotisserie chicken, a baguette that is always warm in the bakery section when I buy it. And then I make sure that I buy the components for Israeli salad, onion, tomato, cucumber, parsley with some lemon and uh, lemon juice and olive oil. My kids love it. It takes me like 10 minutes to make the salad and everybody gets a good meal. And then I can make some um, chicken broth with the rotisserie chicken carcass when I'm done. I love that you have that. That's part of your routine. You're like, I go to the store and then this is what we have for dinner. Like that's a day you don't even have to think you don't have to meal plan. You don't have to work on your, you know, your recipe ahead of time. Your, I love that your weekly meal plan says Tuesday Costco. You already know what you're having for dinner. I love that. Shayna, you have a go-to that I aspire to have as well. You have a go-to novelty story about yourself. Tell us about that. It's a little embarrassing. And I will say I, the moral of the story is different in who I'm telling. So I will oh, pretend versatile. that you are, yes, I'll pretend that you are kids in a class that I am um, telling the story to for Project Cornerstone and you're learning about being building your character. So when I was eight and my little sister was five, we went to a state fair in Georgia and there 
was uh, an elephant you could ride on its back. And this was like beyond. I was uh, knee deep in horseback riding lessons at this time. Horses were amazing. And what is better than a horse, but something three times its size, an elephant. <laughs> I thought this is this is the pinnacle of what I will ever be on. And so of course we go over, I don't care what it costs. I'm eight. It doesn't matter. But the ride has a rule that the smaller kids have to be in front. And I was my old, my eight-year-old brat self was like, absolutely not. My sister who is five will sit behind me. I will drive the elephant. So sure enough, she sat behind me. I broke the rules. I was insistent, a brat. And the elephant's making its slow plodding way around the circle. And then it must have sensed that I'm a brat. It just knew it. It just knew that I was breaking the rules because next thing I know, its trunk comes up curls around backwards and sprays green grass and snot all over oh. me, literally ever all over me. Oh. I had to be hosed down. Ew. And then what was worse is my sister got a little bit on her arm and was wailing about it. Oh, my <laughs> arm. I have some on my arm. And I was like, literally hosed down. So if I'm talking to kids, the moral of the story is you should follow the rules and not be a brat. I don't know if I was talking to an adult, what the moral of the story would be other than maybe don't ride on an elephant. I, I just, Wait, I the know. moral I'm taking from this is that elephants barf out their trunks, not their <laughs> mouths. I think it might've been a sneeze, honestly, uh. but it definitely came out the trunk. So my guess Ew. is it was a, which maybe is grosser. I don't, they're equally gross, right? Barf or sneeze. <laughs> That's I'm gross. seeing this though as very useful, you know, when you're at like an orientation event or like you're an icebreaker situation and people are like, tell us a fun fact about yourself or like true two truths and a lie. I never know what to say, but if you could somehow just have like that as like the kernel of your fun fact or like one of your shocking two truths. So they couldn't tell which is a truth and which is a lie. Like that's just useful. I need to mine my past and come up with like at least one kind of fun icebreaker type of story. That's exactly <laughs> what I use it for. That's my go-to two truths and a trick. Yep. Okay, guys, I want to talk about Halloween. Do any of you guys have a go-to costume for Halloween? So if I'm trick-or-treating with my friends or uh, we've been to dress up dinner kind of things, I will always wear a wig. Either I get a new wig or I rewear one of my old wigs. Wigs in general are just so much fun. And someone took said they were looking at me all night and they said they finally figured out who I was because it's so dramatic. It's a good um, costume then. Yeah. yeah, it's good. And then it kind of reminds me of Moira Rose on Schitt's Creek too oh, with all of her yes. wigs. That's I, what I want to be now. I want to be her now. So, yeah. so will you will you just wear like your normal clothes, like you know, whatever jeans and a shirt, and then a wig? Yeah, and done. And a wig. I have I have reddish brown hair, and if I put on a long blonde straight haired wig, I look Ooh. so different. I want to borrow that. Yeah, that's, that's a, fun. That's a great idea. Okay, let's talk about reducing decision fatigue <laughs> in the closet. I specifically have a pair of underwear or a type of underwear that that is the only type of underwear I wear. And it, it's been about 
four years since I started wearing this, they're Soma underwear and they have like ridges along the edge that grips to my flesh so that I do not get, <laughs> it sounds I, awful. it's amazing. <laughs> I do not get wedgies. My underwear stays put. I love it so much. I will not, I will not entertain any other brand of underwear. Like I do not care how cheap the other underwear is as in how little it will cost me. This is the only underwear I wear. And it is so satisfying to open my drawer and have only butt gripping underwear (laughs) (laughs) when I open it. I was very excited about this enthusiasm when you told me before we did the show, I ordered a pair. So I will get mine in a few days. I'll let you know. I can't wait to hear. I always buy Tom's shoes. Like right now I have two pairs of just their like regular classic style, nothing fancy. Um, I have one pattern that's a little bit more springish and another one that's a little bit more fallish, but they're comfortable. I like wearing them with jeans when the weather's cooler or with a dress or a skirt when the weather's warmer. And I know that they're always going to be comfortable and they're always going to look cute. Okay. And what about if it's a fancy occasion? I love going to blow dry bars and getting my hair done. It Well, my hair, it'll last for over a week. And so I find it's completely worth it. And it just feels so good. And something I'm doing for myself, I think it's, I think it's great. Here's what I love about that is that you can wear a plain black dress and still feel great if you know that your hair is looking its best. You can also, you know, maybe you don't feel so great in your dress because it's too tight from, you know. COVID-19 or something (laughs) the next time we all dress up, but you can get your hair blown out and you can still feel good. And you don't, you're not stressing at the last minute because it's not doing what you want it to do. And you don't know how to do makeup and you forgot the right kind of wrap to wear with your dress. It's just like done. You make that appointment and then you don't have to think about, you don't have to think about it anymore. Okay, guys, this is great. I love that we all have at least some things in our life streamlined so that we don't feel like we are always reinventing the wheel. I feel like knowing what gift to get or what to bring to share at a party is a key part of adulting. And I would say that we are all well on our way based on this conversation to becoming adults or, <laughs> or even being a successful perfecting. Adult. We're perfecting adulting. <laughs> It is time for the lightning round and the category is what is the best or worst gift that you have ever received or given Jocelyn. All right. So when my kids were little, my grandma who loved to give gigantic gifts because she always wanted to be the one that everybody would be like, wow, did you see the giant (laughs) gift she gave? So she gave them, I think for Christmas one year, a kid's size table and a set of four chairs that had a giant Thomas, the tank engine face printed on the tabletop and all the seats like it, what the table was not printed with all of Thomas. It was just his round face. (laughs) It was very creepy, but the problem was that at that time, all five of us were living in an 800 square foot, two bedroom apartment. We did not have space for something like that. And we didn't have a patio or a garage either. So there was no other place to put it. So we got rid of it after not that long. I think it sat in our living room for a couple of weeks and I was like, this has to go. Anyway, 
my grandma, every time I talked to her would say, do you still have that table and chairs that I gave the kids (laughs) or did you get rid of it? And so I lied, you guys, I lied because she would never have let me live it down. And the only reason I'm telling this story right now is that she died five years ago. If she (laughs) were still alive, I would not be telling this story on the podcast. (laughs) Okay, Jessica, what about you? So this just happened. I bought my daughter's Hebrew teacher a dreidel for Hanukkah this year. And I was in a rush. I wanted to spend a certain amount of money. So I just picked one on Amazon that seemed okay. And her teacher is so nice. She would have definitely called me to say thank you and send a card. Like she's just so nice and chatty. And But this year I just got a card and it said... I so appreciate the thought (laughs) and I don't blame her at all because I showed it to my family after and they said it was a really ugly gift. They said it was the ugliest straightle they've seen. (laughs) (laughs) So how how is a dreidel so ugly? I guess the colors were ugly. It was glass and the fused glass colors of the base were really did not go well with the fused glass colors of the stem. So I think the combination of the two, my husband was like, it looks a little Star Trek-y. So. <laughs> <laughs> After our wedding 19 years ago, we, you know, were opening up all the presents. Some of them I opened up in the car driving home, which was bad, but <laughs> we, yeah, we gave out awards for random off registry gifts, like the biggest one or the most useless or the worst wrapped, like one was wrapped literally with twine in a garbage bag. Um, <laughs> we still have that gift, actually, it's one of those husbands. Uh, oh. But the what we thought was the worst was, oh, I should preface this with we got married in Savannah, Georgia. So it's a little hoity toity, a little old school, but we got Uh, a large crystal compote dish. It's about 18 inches tall bowl on a pedestal. So it was really big. And did we just get one of those? No, we got two, two giant (laughs) crystal compote dishes. I had to Google what is a compote dish used for? Uh, So we did re-gift one to someone else in Savannah who got married. And then the other one's oddly we have used like maybe once a year I'll put some like rocks in it or some floating candles but I feel ridiculous with it on the table it's like all my crabby furniture and you know all these all this messy people sitting at the table and there's this very fancy crystal compote so that's like I guess it's the worst gift but it's just the like it's just weird that do you look at me and think she needs a crystal compote that's what she needs I think you need to eat more compote, Shana. I mean, you're asking what you put in a compote dish. I know the answer. It's compote. Wait, but why does it go on a pedestal? Like, it's all all attached. So it's a bowl with right. But like, are you sitting at the table and you have to stand to get compote? (laughs) I I think you know. Maybe it's for like when you're at a party and you're already standing. So it's a serving dish or not if you're sitting. And I just came up with that right now, which maybe I should have (laughs) thought of 19 years ago and would have thought it was a good idea. But yeah, because otherwise it's you have to go like reach way. All right. Here's mine. I am all about secondhand gifts. So especially when I'm 
going to a birthday party of one of my nephews or my niece, we will just like run around our house 20 minutes before we leave and find things we think they'll like and wrap them up for them. And they love them and they do the same for us. And we, we love getting secondhand gifts from them. So recently my niece had a birthday and my daughter said she would pick a couple of of her favorite books off of her bookshelf to give to her. And I didn't look into it. I handed her a happy birthday bag and we took off. And at uh, the opening presents time, my niece opened her, her gift from us and it was two library books. And she was so excited. Yeah. It was like unicorn, some like unicorn series. I'm not, I can't remember exactly like unicorn princesses. Pretty nostril one. Yeah. (laughs) And she was thrilled. And I was like, sorry, we need those back now. (laughs) We have to take them back to the library. And she was really sad. And my daughter was really embarrassed. And so was I actually, I laughed really hard because they're family and they don't care, but my niece was sad and it was probably the worst gift that I have ever given. Oh, all right, ladies. This was a lot of fun. We will see you all next week. You have been listening to Dispatches from the Suburban Zoo. You can find us on Twitter at Suburban Zoo and on Instagram at Suburban Zoo Pod. See you next time. And if you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review and tell a friend.